Hello, good morning and uh, Merry Christmas everyone. We have two Bible readings this morning. Uh, the first reading comes from Matthew chapter 2, verses 7 to 12. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time uh, the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way. And the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the, uh, the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Uh, the second reading comes from the book of Philippians. Uh, chapter 2, verses 5 to 11. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Thanks, Bertie. Well, Christmas is a time of, of hope. It's a time of, of anticipation, of looking forward. Uh, I think in our culture, Christmas Day kind of stands as this, this marker at the end of the year, uh, the end point to, to the calendar of our year. And uh, for weeks and months beforehand, everything kind of looks ahead to that point. It's our future hope. It's the deadline that, that everything seemingly needs to be done before. It's got to be done before Christmas. Uh, and it's a day that generates preparations, anticipation, uh, family get-togethers, holidays. And of course, there's the anticipation of presents. Will I get that particular thing for Christmas? Will I get to open that thing that I've already bought myself for Christmas. Uh, Christmas is a time of hope, of anticipation, of looking forward. And then the day arrives. The things we anticipated, the things we looked forward to, they come to be and our hopes are fulfilled. Or are they? Well, maybe it depends a bit on what we were hoping for. Um, now, I'm highlighting this aspect of, of our experience of Christmas because if we have eyes to see it, the real message of Christmas, the thing that ought to be the reason for all our celebrations, the, the coming of God into this world born as a human baby, that is a matter of profound hope and anticipation and looking forward. These uh, past two Sundays uh, here at church, we've been, we've been looking back to the, to the time centuries before the birth of Jesus to see the hope of God's people Israel. It was uh, in, a, in a, a dark time for Israel as they, uh, during the prophets Isaiah and Micah. Uh, they wrote a, during a time in which Israel faced the threat of, of something far worse than a, a hectic season of pre-Christmas events and deadlines. They faced the threat of the judgment of God at the hands of their enemies because of their rebellion against him. And yet God graciously gave them hope. Hope of a saviour who would come to deliver them from their sins. Hope of a king who would come and rule them with righteousness and peace. 
And so centuries later, as Matthew wrote his gospel account of the birth of Jesus, we see this hope brought into focus. The angel announced to Joseph, she, that is Mary, will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. And then the Magi came and and they announced that they're seeking to find the newborn king, that they might worship him. That first Christmas was the culmination of, of profound hope, of anticipation, of looking forward. The day arrived, the baby was born, the Magi came and hope was fulfilled. Or was it? You see, at this point, At that point in in God's great unfolding plan, there's a lot of hope, there's a lot of anticipation, there's a lot of looking forward, and it's all pointing to this baby, to a child. The the angel, the magi, they identified Jesus as the one who will fulfill the hope of the Saviour, the hope of the King. And yet, at this point in Matthew's account of Jesus' life, it, it hasn't happened yet. The fulfillment of this hope is still to come. So we, we need to look, look ahead, beyond Christmas. Because Christmas is just the, well, the beginning of the hope being fulfilled. It's a little bit like making it, you know, finally making it to Christmas Day and, and being presented with a wrapped gift and then just stopping there and admiring the wrapping. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's good to admire the wrapping. I suggest you do, especially if the person who's wrapped it for you has taken a lot of care with the bow and the ribbon and the neatly folded edges and all that. Admire the wrapping. But to leave it at that and to not actually open the gift, it, it's unfinished. It's unfulfilled. We need to open the gift, so to speak, of the birth of this baby to see the fulfillment of this hope. It's interesting that the, the three gifts that the Magi bring to Jesus, they, they point us forward to how this hope is fulfilled. don't know if you noticed, but the, the words to the, uh, the carol, We Three Kings, they highlight this. Now, I mentioned last week, and for the record, that they were Magi, not kings, and we don't actually know how many there were. There, there may have been four, there may have been two, there may have been 20, we, we, we don't know, but... I guess calling the carol we indeterminate number of magi doesn't, <laughs> doesn't quite have the same ring. So let, let's, with some poetic license, stick with we three kings. Their gifts point us to the fulfilment of hope. Uh, firstly, they bring gold, a, a, a gift fit for a king. As the carol says, I'll, I'll say the word, I won't sing it. Uh, I mean, I could, but I only do that once a year at, at, at carol. So... Um, <laughs> Born a king on Bethlehem's plain, gold I bring to crown him again, king forever, ceasing never, over us all to reign. The gold points to Jesus fulfilling the promise of a king forever. Secondly, they bring frankincense. Now, this was something that was used by priests in their their ministry on behalf of the people. This is pointing forward to Jesus' priestly service, how he, will, how he will mediate between God and humanity, how he will achieve salvation. The carol says, Frankincense for Jesus have I, God on earth, yet priest on high. Prayer and praising, all men raising, worship is earth's reply. So the frankincense points to Jesus fulfilling the promise of the Saviour. And then thirdly, they they bring 
myrrh. This was an unusual gift. Myrrh was a, a perfumed resin that was used in burial preparations. This gift points forward to Jesus' death, where he would die in our place to achieve salvation for us, when he would rise to new life forever. Again, that the carol says, Myrrh is mine, its bitter perfume, tells of his death and Calvary's gloom. Sorrow, sighing, bleeding, dying, sealed in a cold, stone-cold tomb. But then, next verse, glorious now, behold him, arise, king and God and sacrifice. Alleluia, alleluia, earth to the heavens reply. The fulfillment of hope of a saviour, of, of a king, it lies beyond the child receiving these gifts from the Magi. Hope is fulfilled in the death and resurrection of the man that this child grew to become. If you're someone who is happy to include baby Jesus in your Christmas celebration, but then leave it at that, you really need to look ahead. You need to open the gift. You need to look beyond Christmas to see who Jesus really is. To see what a profoundly astounding thing he has done for us. Jesus is God's, God the Son, yet he didn't consider that as something to cling on to, his position, his power, his privilege, something to be used for himself. He lowered himself to become a human, to become one of us. He lowered himself to take on death for us, to bear the punishment for our sin upon himself, to free us from its bondage, to give us eternal life. And so for us, on, on, on this side of Jesus' death and resurrection, we, we can have real and certain hope. Uh, if we, like the Magi, come to Jesus, so to speak, and bow before him, acknowledge him as God become man, as the saviour, as the king, if we crown him, so to speak, as king over our lives, if we look to him to save us from our sin, then our need of a saviour, our need of a king is met in Jesus. Hope is fulfilled and we can have life now in relationship with God. I want to say if any of you haven't yet done that, if you haven't looked to Jesus as king and saviour, let me plead with you to do that while you have the opportunity. Uh, it is as simple as talking to God in prayer, of talking to him and, and asking Jesus to save you from your sins, asking him to become king over your life. It is a simple thing to, to pray to him, to ask him that. And in a sense, it is simple and yet is the most profound and important and life-changing thing that you could ever do. Because of Jesus, hope of the saviour and king is fulfilled. And yet, we're still looking forward, aren't we? Jesus' kingdom has, well, it's begun, but it's not yet fully realised. And so we live between the, these two comings of Jesus, these two advents. The word advent just means coming or arrival. And Christmas, it marks the, and celebrates the first advent, God coming into this world as the man Jesus, born as one of us, born to save us and lead us. 
And, and so we live now looking back to that first advent, trusting and following him as saviour and king. But we live now also looking ahead to the second advent, when as the Bible, as God says in the Bible, Jesus will return. And as our second reading said, every knee will bow, whether willingly or unwillingly. Every tongue will confess, whether willingly or unwillingly, that Jesus Christ is Lord. Our hope of the kingdom of God will finally be fulfilled on that day. And so we still live now in, in hope, in expectation of that day. Like the Magi, we bow before Jesus, acknowledging him as King and Saviour now. While we look forward with anticipation, expectation, with the thrill of certain hope to that coming day when Jesus will come and wipe away every tear and bring in his kingdom in all its fullness. To Christmas Day, it doesn't bring us the complete fulfillment of all our hopes and expectations, but it does bring the astounding announcement of the coming of Jesus, who has now achieved salvation for those who trust and follow him as king and who one day will return to welcome us into his eternal kingdom. At the end of our gathering this morning, uh, we're going to sing a famous Christmas carol, which is actually, well, it's not really a Christmas carol. It is about an advent, the coming of Jesus, but it's actually about the second coming of Jesus. It's about the fulfillment of hope that will come when he returns, when the earth will receive her king, when every heart will prepare him room, when Sin and sorrow will no longer grow when thorns will no longer infest the ground. Joy to the world. That's the day that we're really looking forward to. Come, Lord Jesus.